welcome everyone to the third episode of Unraveling the Veil with your host, Yara Rose, from the yararose.com website. That's Y-A-R-A-R-O-S-E.com. So today I want to expand a little bit on the material from last time, which was about self-love and what that truly looks like in your life if you have self-love for yourself. And then I also want to tie that into intuition and how following your intuition is really important in honoring who you are. And also it makes a huge difference in your life all around. In the last episode, I talked about the gift of learning to love myself fully and wholeheartedly. And I want to dig into that a little deeper because... I don't think I ever mentioned anything about loving my authentic self. And you may be thinking, your authentic self? Well, what's that? Like, aren't we all authentic? And the answer to that is no. We're not all authentic. I wish we were, but I feel like our society trains us to act a certain way and behave a certain way because it's easier for us all to get along if we all act a certain way with a certain social etiquette. So from the time we are very little, we are taught to behave a certain way. It starts with our parents and then as we go to school, we're taught to behave a certain way at school and then it just continues growing up and on, you know, from school. It's either a job or, you know, whatever organizations you're a part of. There's always rules and certain expectations for how you should act when you're in those certain social situations. And that's understandable, right? Like, you need people to act a certain way to a certain extent. But I think the problem is we become so used to behaving this way here and that way there. We all lose touch of who we really are. I had started asking myself this question before I was taken off a leave. Who am I? What defines me? I feel like among everything that was going on in my life, I lost who I was and I couldn't honestly answer that question. It was just a big question mark of, am I an accountant? Am I a daughter? Am I an aunt? Am I a mother? Am I a wife? What am I? Who am I? And when I got to thinking about it too much, I'd I'd just be overwhelmed with just grief because I couldn't answer that. Well, shortly after being on leave, I started asking myself the same question. Who am I? And what's important to me? And what what are my values? What do I want out of this life? You know, the one word I did settle on for If I had to figure out one word to define me, I would choose the word ever-changing because I'm not the same person I am today that I was yesterday, and the person I am today is not going to be the same person that wakes up tomorrow morning. Every day I learn things. Every day I experience things. Every day I find more things that I like or dislike or want to do more of or less of. And I never want that to stop because that's just part of my journey where I'm learning who I am, what I want, what I'm here for. And I think we should all 
try to get in touch with that part of us, who we are, and not let ourselves be defined by roles that we play. Because we're more than just roles. We're individual people that have our own destiny and our own dreams that we want to fulfill. And we shouldn't let anyone, not society, not our family, not a religious organization or anything, tell us who we are. That's a personal question that only we can answer. And, and sometimes that takes a while to figure out because you have become roles and lost in societal expectations that you don't really remember who you are. Something that I found to be really important to me was that I love my family. I am family oriented and I was never again going to put a job before my family and put making more money before my family. So what that means is, you know, if this job pays more than this job B, that doesn't necessarily mean that job B isn't going to be the one that I choose because I need to choose the one that overall makes me feel like a better person and holds my values. And my values are to be there for my family when they need me to not miss out on opportunities that are once in a lifetime. And I also found that I'm not who I thought I was. And that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> for example, I went through life avoiding creative projects. They were scary. They were challenging. They weren't one plus one equals two. No questions asked. I liked subjects, jobs, career paths that were black and white. And creativity had way too much gray area for me. After unpacking it recently, I, I find that it has to do with my perfectionist tendencies. I wanted to excel. I wanted to be the best I could be. And with, with creative projects, there's just too much gray area. I didn't know if I could do good. I didn't know what the parameters were for judging because it's so subjective. So I stuck with the math problems that could easily be solved and I had a right or wrong answer. I stuck with the science of things, the things that were already defined and had certain parameters, you know, the scientific method, there's a, there's a logic to it. And, and it's really funny because I found through this whole journey that I am creative. I'm more creative than I ever gave myself credit for. And somewhere along the way, I lost that. Somewhere along the way of growing up and meeting expectations and hiding my true self, I completely turned away from that because it was too scary and it was too challenging for the persona that I was trying to create. But now that I reevaluated and now that I've found that in myself, I don't know how I could have ever turned this off. We're all creative. I honestly believe that every single human being down here is creative in their own way. 
And some people were like me, where they just turned it off because it didn't fit in with the norms or it was too scary to portray that to the public because you didn't know how it was going to be received. And I think that that also was a big piece of it for me was I knew if I did a math problem that there was a right answer and that I could come up with that right answer given enough time. But if I spent hours on a drawing or a story or, you know, painting or anything, someone could see that and laugh at it and reject it and say it looks terrible. And I didn't want to put myself out there like that. It was too scary for me. I would rather stay in my safety little comfortable zone and refuse to do anything. An aspect that I love about this journey of self-discovery is discovering who your authentic self is and all those little aspects of yourself that you used to love and enjoy doing and have not done in years and you don't know why or maybe you do know why and you need to ask yourself if the reason that you stopped is valid anymore because you may have stopped due to a fear that it wasn't good enough or because someone told you that that was only for babies or something along those lines and Part of this process is being curious and unpacking that and figuring out if the reasons that you stopped are valid and if they serve you or if maybe you should pick that hobby up again or that aspect up again or maybe you should explore your own creativity again and do what makes you feel light in the heart. Do what makes you feel joy and happiness and a sense of peace despite what society or members of society think or feel. As long as you're not hurting anyone by participating in this hobby or gift or whatever it is that brings you this joy, contentment, and peace, then go ahead and do that. Honor yourself. Take time out of your day to do something that makes you feel good just for yourself. Another thing that I wanted to touch on regarding the authentic self is truly finding out who that is and who it's not. So for example, maybe you've always thought of yourself as lazy. At some point in your life, you got the message either through someone else or society or family member, or maybe just because you yourself told yourself you were lazy because you didn't want to do a project or you didn't want to get off the couch or you didn't want to participate in something and you started telling yourself that so many times that you believed it and it became a foundational belief and now your default is when someone asks you to do something you're just like ah no I don't feel like doing that I'm lazy it's just not my thing I want you to question that I want you to get curious and be like am I really lazy or is there something else deeper than that that's preventing me from participating? Like maybe I'm scared that I won't be very good at it or that people will laugh at me or no one will want me on their team. You know, there might be something deeper there that you could explore and possibly release because it no longer serves you. And that could open up a whole new world of opportunities for you. 
And that's part of this spiritual growth and learning is finding out what beliefs that you've had for years and years are no longer valid and no longer serve you in your higher purpose and your authentic self. To expand upon my last episode, I want you to find out truly who you are at the very core of your being. And I want you to start honoring that and finding out who you thought you were and whether that is who you truly are or if that's just a limiting belief that you developed at a younger age that you've been carrying forward because it does make a difference. And maybe you do have a limiting belief that you're just not ready to unpack yet and you know it's not necessarily serving you, but at the moment you just don't feel comfortable going that way or you're not ready and that's fine. There'll be plenty of times in the future for you to do that. Just being aware of it is one step in the right direction. So kudos to you. And like I said, you are loving yourself fully and wholeheartedly for who you are at this moment in time. And if there's things you decide you want to work on down the road for yourself because you want to, go right ahead. And if there's things you don't, no judgment here. Each individual that's listening to this, it's your own journey. You are the only one that gets to decide how you want to live your life. Just a little bit ago, I said that I wanted you to honor your authentic self. And to me, part of that is honoring your own intuition. I can't imagine that you guys don't know what intuition is. It's kind of that feeling that you get when you just know something and there's no logical explanation for why you know it. People can call it many things. Some call it their intuition. Some call it a sixth sense. I've also heard it being referred to as like a gut instinct. Regardless of what you call it, listening and following through to this intu- this intuitive feeling could save your life. And I know that that sounds extremely dramatic, but it's true. I have a couple of examples from my own life where I did follow my intuition and where I did not follow my intuition. Um, one example of how I feel like my intuition saved my life was one day I was sitting at a stop sign on a busy intersection and I looked both ways and right when I was going to cross the intersection, I had this, this feeling that I needed to look to the left one more time and there was a vehicle like right there. Had I not looked that third time, I would have gotten hit. I also had times where my intuition has told me not to go somewhere at a certain time. It just feels heavy and it just makes me feel really sick when I think about going there at that certain time. So I've not gone and I don't have any proof that something would have happened to me, but as soon as I decided to not go, then I instantly started feeling better. And I've come to trust my intuition enough that I know that whatever the reason, it was not in my best interest at that time to go to that place. And it could have been one of those things where maybe I would have got rear-ended, maybe we would have hit someone, maybe some 
some weird cosmic thing would have happened that it would not have been in my best interest. And I know that that sounds crazy, but I've disregarded my intuition several times too, and I've had to deal with the consequences of that. I have two examples off the top of my head that I will never forget. One was when I was like 16, I think. I had a red toy poodle that I had saved all my money up for when I was younger, and I bought him for myself, I think the third grade. It was my first big purchase ever, and I was so excited. And he'd been with me for that entire time. He was so amazing, lovable, great. Well, one day when we were going to school, I noticed that he had snuck out with us. And as I'm driving down the driveway, seeing him run across the field, I'm like, oh, no, this isn't going to be good. But then, you know, the stubborn 16-year-old that doesn't have time was like, well, fine, he'll learn his lesson. He'll have to be outside all day, and he'll get hot, and he'll wish he had been inside. He won't run out the door next time. As I'm thinking this, I have a heaviness in my stomach where I'm just like, I really have just a bad feeling about this and I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't feel right. And I brushed it aside and went to school and everything was fine. And then I get home and I find out that my dog had been killed. He had a Cocker Spaniel companion of ours outside that he had impregnated once. So he kind of thought of her as his girlfriend type thing. And Another dog had come up to the property and got into a fight with him, and he lost his life that day. So, you know, had I taken the opportunity to track him down and put him back inside the house, he could have still been alive that day, but I didn't. I didn't trust my intuition. I didn't trust that feeling, and that was the consequence. I also had another incident last summer where I knew that if I drove my car out to a specific spot on this following Saturday, I was going to get caught in a hailstorm. And I couldn't explain how I knew that. I mean, we have chances of hail periodically throughout the whole summer, but I just knew that was going to be the case. But my husband had already lined up a lunch with someone that we were supposed to go to and he felt that it would be rude to cancel because of a fear of a thunderstorm hail which I totally understand (laughs) so I had something going on and had to meet him down there later so we drove separately and the kids and I decided to head back a little early because it was starting to get stormy and the kids were getting really scared and they just wanted to go home so on our way home the sun came out for a little bit and I was like oh cool it passed you know it's good and all of a sudden I had this feeling that I should stop at the local Dairy Queen and get them some ice cream on the way home and I wasn't sure where that came from because that was not part of my plans I just wanted to hurry up and get home before the storm came back but I had this overwhelming feeling that I needed to stop and go through the drive-thru and get them some ice cream so I did And luckily, because we did that and took that little bit of time, when the storm came back, we were really close to my husband's parents' house. Didn't quite make it to the driveway yet. When the rain came down so hard, we had to pull over to the side of the road because you just couldn't see. And then the little bit of hail that we did receive, I mean, it was small, but it was making a terrible noise on the car. And both the kids were freaking out and crying and 
just wanted to go home and they were terrified and I tried to slowly inch my way forward with all the other cars alongside of the road. It wasn't very easy, but I was able to slowly get into their driveway and I pulled as far forward as I could and then they and I called them because they didn't know who was sitting in their driveway in this huge storm and they came out and helped us, but it was terrifying for my daughter. She ended up throwing up. She was so scared and it was not a good deal because she was terrified of storms for the rest of that summer. If we were ever caught out in any rain, she would instantly go back to that time. And it took a long time for her to get over that. And honestly, it's been over a year now and I still don't think she's completely over it. She's getting a little better, but she's not completely over it. And I kick myself every time I think about it because I had that feeling. I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. I knew I shouldn't have, and I should have just trusted my gut, and that wouldn't have happened, and it would have saved her all this turmoil, but I didn't, and that's a lesson learned. My point is we all get these intuitive feelings. Some are stronger than others, but we do all receive them, and what we do with them is up to us. I honestly feel like developing a trusting relationship with your intuition is very important to loving and honoring your authentic self. And I have been working on this personally for a couple of years now, and it's been very rewarding for me. And I will be completely honest. There are going to be times when you follow it and nothing happens and you're not really sure whether that was the right thing to do or not because there's no validation that you gained anything from doing it. But you did show that you trusted it. And maybe that's all there is that time, that you're showing that you do trust it. So I honestly feel like the more you open up to them, the more you seem to notice them and the more that you'll get. So maybe that last time you didn't really consciously notice anything that resulted from it. But because you did that, the next time, maybe you'll get directed to stop at a gas station that you weren't planning on going to, where you happen to run into an acquaintance that you haven't talked to in years. And through that conversation, somehow you get a job that you weren't even looking for. And it's the dream job you've been wanting for 10 years. And had you not stopped at that gas station at that day, at that time, it never would have happened because that person wasn't going to advertise it. Or through that act of following your intuition, you ended up with your dream job. Or maybe it's as simple as stopping at a business that you weren't intending to and seeing someone that looks just really down. And because of that, you decide to strike up a conversation. By the end of it, you have them at least smiling. And although the conversation may not have meant a great deal to you, you do have that feeling of being able to Put a smile on someone's face. And that's a really good feeling. And not only that, but you could have changed that person's life in a way that you'll never understand. By trusting and following your intuition, you're going to be open to so many more opportunities than you ever could have imagined for yourself. And you're also going to be more open and willing to follow and heed those warnings that you receive. And the intuitive feelings won't always make sense. Actually, most of the time they don't make sense. 
But something that I have learned is that I would rather be made to look like a fool to some people by refusing to leave my house on a specific day at a specific time than and having to deal with the consequences of not heeding that warning and participating in a dangerous situation when I didn't have to. I would have rather have been late for school that day than had to have lost my beloved pet. That meant so much to me. And those are just the times that I know that I disregarded it and the consequences could have been a lot worse than they were so I know for me the next time I get an intuitive nudge that something is not right for me I'm gonna follow that because I'm not willing to disregard my intuition I'm not willing to pay those next consequences because I know that when I get that feeling I need to follow it it's in my best interest to follow it and if I love myself I will follow it it's worth it it really is and I would highly recommend using your intuition to help you in navigating your relationships both professionally, personally, and just maybe even with acquaintances, you know, people that you surround yourself with, because it can really make a difference in your safety, your family's safety. If you get a bad feeling when you're introduced to someone that you just don't necessarily feel comfortable with that person and you don't know why, trust that feeling. If you have a doctor that when you go to them, they don't actually listen to what you feel your symptoms are. They're one of those doctors that think that just by reading their chart, they know exactly what's wrong with you as soon as they walk in the room. Then it's time for a new doctor. There are other doctors, and you need to find the ones that are actually going to resonate with you. And that are going to pay attention to you because no one knows yourself better than you. And if you know something's wrong and they're not giving you a chance to really hear you, then you need to look elsewhere. They're not the doctors for you. And this goes for everything. It's not just doctors. It's a lawyer, a professional of any kind. Maybe you brought your car in to be fixed and... When you went to pick it up, you had a really bad feeling, like one that you couldn't necessarily explain, but you just knew that if you got in that car, something was going to happen. Maybe the brakes weren't put on right. Maybe a bolt wasn't put on tight enough. You know, mistakes happen. People make mistakes. Innocent people make mistakes. And that's okay. But you don't have to pay the consequences for their mistakes. If you're open and you're willing to listen, your intuition can give you warnings about such things if you're willing to listen and heed those warnings. Please, 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 please trust that. It is so important for you to be able to recognize when it's giving you a warning or maybe even 
that it's trying to help you with something positive. In fact, at one point when I was talking to my therapist about intuition and feelings that I get sometimes, he had actually recommended that I read The Gift of Fear by Gavin D. Becker. It's an amazing book that kind of talks about trusting intuition and those gut feelings. And it talks more about how our mind notices things that are a little out of the ordinary and it picks up on things and just as like a survival instinct. It sends a response to our system that helps us to pay attention and to notice and then we react and we don't know necessarily consciously why we're reacting to this specific instance, this specific way, but we just feel like we should react this way and if we follow through, we could avoid putting ourselves into a dangerous situation and if we don't, we could become a victim in that dangerous situation. Something I found really fascinating that Gavin went into was that the difference between most animals in the animal kingdom and humans is that animals act instinctively. They don't have the ability to judge and do critical thinking. They just react, whereas humans have this judgment And he says, with judgment comes the ability to disregard your intuition unless you can explain it logically. The eagerness to judge and convict your feelings rather than honor them can lead you to disregard your intuition. So basically because human beings have been taught that we should behave a certain way, sometimes when we get a feeling that's really negative and we can't logically explain where it's coming from, We tell ourselves that we're overreacting and that we should stop being so silly and there's nothing wrong. And because of that, we become victims because we didn't pay attention to our instincts. We didn't pay attention to that intuition that told us that this did not feel right. Gavin has so many examples in the book of victims that he interviewed after the event occurred and just talking to them and and the signs that they did witness but overlooked and didn't really factor as a sign until after the fact. And also he has interviews with people that paid attention to those little signs unconsciously and prevented themselves from being in that situation. And it's interesting because each time he interviews these people, whether they did or didn't pay attention They're able to bring up these little things that just didn't seem right, but at the time they didn't realize there was anything wrong with that, but yet they're consciously able to recall that in this interview. And then Gavin explores that because he said it's those little tiny things that get brought up later that are what caused you to feel that intuitive feeling, whether you paid attention to them or not. And I could go into tons of examples from Gavin's book or real life experiences, but you get the point. His book is there. He has made a career out of predicting violence and he has things to watch for, signs, plenty of information in the book. I would recommend it. It's very informational. Please be your advocate. The reason that I brought this book up right now is because whether you believe that your intuition is a spiritual gift or just something scientifically happening in your body, 
I want you to understand that it's important and it's important to keep you safe. It's important to your life and it's important because it also honors who you are. Love yourself enough to develop this relationship. Love yourself enough to trust yourself. Love yourself enough to find who you truly are and what you truly value. I just want to remind you that you are all important. You're all loved. You all have value and you are all worth it. Thank you for spending time with me today. With all of my love, Yara Rose.